Welcome to the podcast that inspires the American dream through hard work and adventure. Our wide range of guests will give you a unique insight into their crafts, professions, and experiences. So sit back, enjoy, and have a laugh. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Free Range American Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Free Range American uh, from Salt Lake City, Utah. And, uh, well, where are you? Bernie, Texas? Well, no, you you're, you're calling us from a Prick 117 golf, are you not? I mean, you guys keep having earthquakes. <laughs> like, you had to yes. throw an antenna yeah. on the roof. That's how we're getting this whole show. That's why, you know, Free Range Friday was just a little bit delayed. It's because you needed to go to the roof oh. with an antenna. Man, Free Range Friday was was delayed, and I was fucking spicy about fifteen minutes ago. Holy shit! It's okay. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was here. I was here two hours ago, ready for the podcast, and now we're just starting. Hey, it's okay though. It's a good day. It's a good day. We're hey, but there was a lot going on. There was even when you showed up. I mean, we had three separate systems out here trying to get this 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 whole thing to work. But uh, yeah, we're out here in Bernie, Texas. I'm at Jared's place. Uh, we're we're keeping the quarantine real. How's it going out there, Evan? You know, uh, the quarantine is definitely real here for sure. I shouldn't say it's, it's social isolating, right? It's it's not necessarily quarantine, but right. yeah, we're uh, nobody's here. So no, but basically the only people are left in Salt Lake at our facility are roasting coffee because they're deemed uh, necessary. And we've got a few guys here in shipping receiving, but outside of that, everybody essentially is at least six to 10 feet away. There's about a 40,000 square foot facility just for me to kind of run around naked in basically at this oh. point. He got himself a big um, wheel, like an adult big wheel. So you don't need HR <laughs> having the, the facility to yourself, what you're trying to say. <laughs> there, There's no HR here. So earlier today I was, I, you know, the gyms up here, we got this little gym right next to the facility. And I was going back and forth between the sauna and my, uh, a uh, horse trough that I'm using is an ice bath, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's also he's also keeping his lunch cool in. It's like a it's a multi purpose yeah. trough. Oh, no, he called he called me this morning, and Evan's like, dude, I got a horse trough and I put ice in it. So I'm like, you you made an ice bath. I mean, that's yeah, one that's one way of doing like, it. Yeah, but my drinks, my all my Lacroix and my lunch are in it too. <laughs> he just puts the it's multi purpose, multi purpose, multi purpose trough. I, I put my yeah, I put my uh, my my multi-purpose trough here, and uh, I've been VTCing a lot from the gym because I I've realized in the last five years I've just turned into like a, a fat old man. So today, as I was looking at my disgusting body, I actually shaved my mustache too because I was like, you know no, what, I, I've got to try to lose some. The I've got to try. I've, I've got to try to lose some weight. The mustache yeah, isn't no. part of the weight. Yeah, I mean, you maybe it's like cut maybe like, sixty thousand hairs that weighs like like four and a half grams, like well, a quarter of a potato. <laughs> Every ounce counts, Jared. Ounces Every make pounds. Ounce. Uh, oh, yes. so you're the type that yeah shaves your entire body before you weigh yourself? Like to go swim because you feel like, good. It slows me like, down. Yeah. No, well, I'm I'm starting over as of today. Like I'm starting over with social isolation. Uh, beard, mustache. I'm sure I'm starting over with my entire my entire hair process, which it sounds kind of weird, but uh, today I was like, you know what? I think I just need to reset a few things, and uh, you know, I'll be in Texas next week, hopefully, unless 
we we all get shut down from moving across state lines. It's getting hot but, here. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it is. If I'm a little sleepy today, is it? sorry, Evan. I'm, I was up at five for uh, Fox this morning, so you know me. I, I don't I don't get up in those Evan Hafer times. I, I sleep in till at least eight. Well, yeah, you texted me at six a.m. this morning or yeah. five fifty or whatever it was. That, that we used to call them the EHTs. What's that? You know, the four forty-five. You know, idea text. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did those early mornings enough. I'm I'm good. But yeah, things are getting pretty spicy over here. I mean, uh, everything's pretty much shut down. There's still some availability as far as takeout, but uh, majority speaking, it's kind of gas stations and uh, grocery stores that are open, and then decent amount of takeout. And that's something we've been, at least I've been trying to do is like support local businesses because the the economical impact of a lot of this, you don't realize that people aren't going out and they're not shopping as much and the local businesses are are suffering massively. I know. If they shut down Sauced, I would would cry. You'd cry, yeah. Those chicken sandwiches are great, dude. The buffalo chicken sandwich over there is like my favorite. I I think that's what I want to do is if, because they say, you have to remove yourself and then uh, essentially adopt a really small group of people that you're only interfacing with. So when we go, when we go down to Texas, it'll essentially just be the black rifle guys. Logan's just, Logan's already moved to the ranch. As far as I know, I, yeah, he's I'm fairly certain he lives there. Yeah, he right? does. Um, yeah. Trying to call yeah, him he's, is he's quite living. frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I've literally been around yeah. five people. I mean, Jared, and then I've been staying away from Dave because I don't te- I don't trust his health practices. But I know he's an introvert, right. so at least he's not out. But other than that, I've been around like Eli and then my wife, and that's it. Yeah, th- this is this is a this is a fucking like this is a really fucking strange time for the world. And as an individual, I think it's it's, it's very difficult to just try to comprehend exactly what's going on from a from an entire socioeconomic level this is so fucking complex to try to comprehend emotionally that i think that the best thing to do is just remove yourself from the situation the best that you can and try to let the fucking storm just pass but i i, but I know that a lot of people can't do that but fuck bear with me because yeah. i'm a silver lining kind of motherfucker and I think that there's, it's like in every storm, there's that brilliance of, you know, the epicenter and all these things that you can actually have a really cool new perspective on life. And for me, I think it actually shows a lot of people how fragile society is. I mean, if you look at um, right. COVID-19 and as bad as, it, bad as it is and the infection rate and the transfer rate and yada, 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 I mean, it's not as bad as it possibly could be. And what this kind of defined for me is for people to know how amazing America is, generally speaking, to give us such a quality life. And moreover, like when you're home and all these people are so bored, like this is the opportunity now to pursue some dreams. Like the brilliance is the Internet's up, like practice the guitar you always want to get better at. Do some body weight exercises. Yeah, Yeah, get fit. Call your family that you haven't like there's some opportunity to find the silver lining in all of this. Um, to really kind of do some new interesting things that you weren't able to do before based off of just being completely isolated for the most part. And as long as we're supporting the healthcare providers and ensuring that we're combating the disease and taking care of the elderly and the people that are higher risk for um, mortality rates and all of that stuff, I think overall it, it could be a lot worse. But you know, as long as we're, we're staying true and, 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 and doing what we can, I think it's, 
it, it could be a lot worse. So, well, it's also the first time the country in a long time has experienced something that is affected across the board yeah you know you look at things like hurricane harvey hurricane katrina even 9-11 like like 9-11 affected the country you know in in a security standpoint you know all over the country when it came to airports when it came to bases and stuff like that for a trickle of a couple weeks and things like that but like even with the hurricanes and stuff like that like it affected a couple neighboring states as far as supply chain and things like that go but now you're facing this all 50 states all at once. Well, every, there is no... Everyone's having to change yeah. lifestyle practices and standard way of life, which is an interesting, interesting thing. And, and, and even then, it's like, even if, you know, this is happening in Canada and it's happening in Mexico. So it's like to, to, to think like, oh, well, if things get really bad, we could ask Canada for help. No, 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 no. They're, they're going global. through it. Yeah, yeah the, the entire international healthcare system is being overrun and and not only stretch to its limits but then pass capacity right and you know even if we just start at the top on on the the business impact like matt was talking about you have so many people that are out of work that are you know going to be unemployed and they could be unemployed for an extended period of time because we don't know exactly how long this is going to last right and yeah. Well, and, and, to Matt's and, point, and, and the scale of it, right? Because right, this could be just the start of an economic crisis, and even a supply right. chain management across the country. As far as the good thing is, is right, like the food supply is there. It's people that are really per- over purchasing and prepping that are really taxing um, supply chain, and so it's like one of those things where like get what you need, and as long as we're not taxing it too much, we're gonna be fine. As it, within reason as a country, we're still going to have the impact health wise by people that are infected. And then the more at risk individuals, but ultimately it's like, it, it's not like we're out of water. There's just people are buying too much kind of thing. Right. Well, and, and, and it's crazy, right? And I know this has been spoken about so many different times by so many different people, but this is only a couple weeks old that the things that they're hoarding, that the, the thing that doesn't compute with me is, the toilet paper issue, yeah, like no, the toilet paper issue does not make sense to me. That's a group think like everybody's buying toilet paper. So I guess I have to buy it. Out of <laughs> all the things that out of all the things that people pinged on and this entire thing, toilet paper, like you just kind of, you, you almost think that go, that's what? a, that's a 4chan thing. Like it, it was like, right? where did that start? Because, the one thing that you could substitute with 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 hundreds of things to include the shower that you have <laughs> yeah. right next to your toilet, like yeah. yeah, that is what you're going to to panic by. Yeah, little water <laughs> on the bum, dude. You clear that fecal matter out real quick. <laughs> I, 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 get, get, I, go ahead. Sorry. Get, get get go outside and use the garden hose. Uh, if you live in an apartment, maybe use the shower. I. I'm sure there are a lot of Americans out there. Most Americans have an extra T-shirt they could cut into squares. Like, I, I'm just like, throwing, but I, I'm just like throwing stuff out. But it's like, of all the things that we're going to, as a society, really panic about, the toilet paper was not only the most kind of head scratch moment that I had. It was like, this is a fucking crazy country. The toilet paper, yeah, but, and, and honestly, the, the people that were buying it have to be the people that are going, 
they have nothing else that they understand what they should be buying. So they're just going, fuck it. No, I'm that's a this, really I'm good get point. This toilet paper. Yeah. So there's, I've got two things for you on that. Number one, this could show you, though, you know, maybe it was literally just the first footage of people rushing to the store. Whoever was in front of the camera had like 19 rolls of toilet paper because right. that's what they grabbed. <laughs> and that, that clip got played and played and played, and that right. stuck in everybody's head like they, they needed to get toilet paper. But like you said, when I was at the store last week, people don't know how to buy. They don't. At all. Yeah. Like the things that I was seeing people like like thinking that they were stocking up on were, were, were things that were going to last barely two weeks before they had to throw them out. But right. they had, you know, 10, 25 of these things. And it's like, you can't freeze that. Well, yeah, you and you know, I, I think it's, it's you know, wait, wait, why do you have a whole dump truck full of watermelons, man? Those are gonna go wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's it like, doesn't even make sense. It's like a bunch of eggs and watermelon and cantaloupe. <laughs> to, to be a little lighthearted about this, I didn't realize how much of a fucking prepper I am, and I think you too, Jerry. That is true. Like when everybody was like the toilet paper crisis, I was like, I have two thousand wet wipes at my house. I'm like, I could poop with diarrhea probably for six months and be fine. And of course I have whiskey, but that's supplemental because we have right. a whiskey company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then like my, I have three freezers full of deer meat. I've like all the ammo. And I was like, Oh, I don't need it. I told, I told Noel, I was like, I don't, we we're good. I mean, we'll just like buy chicken once a week or something, but like, I just been eating red stag and I could go for another eight or nine months. I know, and, like, I and I'm not having, and I can go hunt again. I'm like, this is easy. Before I could fly back, like I'm, I'm flying back. I'm like, give me pictures of the, of the, of the, of the freezer, uh, in the, in the pantry, the freezer in the shed and the freezer in the fridge and the pantry. She's like, yeah, you, you know, you, you got two deer in here. You got, you got all that meat that, that, primal sent you mountain primal you haven't eaten shit we've got yeah. <laughs> we've got like three months worth of stuff well that's a good thing because a lot of people like you have to look at it in perishable good ways right because right. if you're going to milk any of these things they can be frozen they have extended um you know shelf stability if they're frozen but you know like canned options and rice and things that are good for 18 20 months those are the things I would think people would be flying off the shelf. And I think like a lot of the rice has been doing that. But it's it's bizarre to me. It that took a while though. It, like it took even a while. then, even even the week I got back from North Carolina, the the canned good aisles were untouched. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you guys haven't figured this out yet. And the amount of friends that I that I have been on the phone with that have called me like, Hey, how do I do this? Like I realized like, oh, okay, all right, take each person in your house. Two meals a day. Generally, you can get away with this and this, this and this using, you know, how we were rationed in Iraq. Well, it's just like how you manage finances, right? It's it's not financial management at this point. It's 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 uh, good management. And you're like, okay, this is what I can ration. Having a, res a reserve is what I always do. And then you can sustain yourself on a paycheck to paycheck to make a financial uh, reference. But then that would be like a good reference. Like, okay, I can eat this chicken once a week grocery stores will get restocked you can go in and buy two chickens that sustains me for the week and then i have a reserve if shit goes really freaking south which i really don't think it will and i hope it doesn't um I, but you know like that that's my methodology and thinking yeah, yeah. behind it yeah it, you know it, a lot of people ask me you know what what were you buying what was what was going on you know in in the household I got just like you guys, a ton of people were texting me, asking me like, 
what gun to buy, like, you know, people that you hadn't talked to for literally 20 years. Ages, yeah. Going, hey, what, what, what kind of gun should I buy? It's like, dude, two months ago, you were ranting against me on a text about, I think, AR-15. This is an exact, this is an exact circumstance. I'll tell you guys. I have a really good friend that I, I went to uh, high school, college with. He lives in Oregon. He was, he was in D.C. for a while. He was texting me about assault rifles. And he's like, I think that we need to you know, ban assault rifles. He was like very adamant about it. I am not kidding. Less than two weeks ago, he's like, hey, bud, just want to check in and see how things are going. That's how he kind of opened up the, the yeah. convo. He's like, hey, but <laughs> so wait, wait I if, like like I'm not too to say is literally why I wrote that lyric was like it's like hope your family's well, hope your hands are clean, any chance that you might have an extra AR-15 because dude, I've gotten that text at least ten times. Like, hey man, how's everything? Family good? Hey, so you mind uh, mailing me an AR for like? Oh my like, god, that's yeah. illegal. Yeah. <laughs> it's illegal. Can't do it. Yeah. No, there is was, a lot of Californians that like open their eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's and I think that there's there's some form of silver lining in all of that, right? Because it's it shows you what reality is really like, and it's easy to fall into this kind of like fake facade and this safety bubble of like society exists and that's the way it is. But we forget how fragile the infrastructure of all of this is. Like electricity goes out. Think about that and the massive stipulations because you talk about freezing food. Electricity goes out for two weeks, one week. Everything in your freezer right. is gone. 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 Unless you have a supply somewhere with a generator to provide ice or, or run your freezers. Like, you're fucked. You're fucked. And then as that progresses, and I'm not trying to be a tin hat wearer here, then it goes into violent acts to provide for their family. Because right. I don't care who you are. If you need to fi- feed your child, you're going to, at any means necessary. And that's where people yeah. are starting to go, holy shit. Okay, I have electricity. I have food. What if my neighbor comes in here and robs me at gunpoint? Like, yeah. There's massive stipulations associated with that. And I think that that kind of tailors back not to make this a Second Amendment conversation, but why a lot of us are gun owners and responsible gun owners, because it's a tool and a means for our own personal safety as a last resort. Like, I, if I never have to kill someone ever again in my life, I will be the happiest man ever. But I'm willing and able, if I need to, to protect myself and my family. And and you start seeing that more reality realistic uh, perspective from a lot of these people that go, Oh man, if this snowballs even farther, well, that's another thing you, I mean, you're, you're touching on a point that was driven home too with somebody that, that called me their exact words. I never thought I would see a day in my life where a major city would run out of food. I'm like, my response was, uh, you guys are the first to go. Yeah. <laughs> like you you're the most densest population. Like how did this yeah. not go? How did this not register well, that that you're the first that that gets that gets the supply chain just wiped out? Well, not only that, but there's a lot of legislation in these large towns and I think California is one of them. I think uh, Virginia might be, don't quote me on that, but you can't even capture rainwater. You know, I got like a hundred thousand right. gallons of rainwater and that's, no, that's absurd. That is absurd. I think it's absurd too, but that's real. And these people are like, are living there based off of, you know, in, the influx of population and, 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 uh, urban sprawl and all these other things. But like, you know, the government doesn't provide them the opportunity to kind of exist individually and in by their own means. And you have to kind of 
understand that that is a component as far as where you're living in the United States. And for a lot of us out here in, you know, hill country that live on quite a few acres, I mean, I have deer every single morning. Like, even if I had to, I'm just going to like, you know, shoot deer in the face and provide for my family and cut them open and have a week supply worth of meat. And, you know, I don't think it's going to go there in this case, but those are always things that are in the back of your head, right? It's, you know, first, second, third order effects, and then how you have a contingency plan, a treasury plan, and and an emergency plan, right? Basic fundamentals of, of military operations, right? Plan for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, it, and it's super interesting because you know while I was getting these texts and I was I was talking to my wife because we had just gotten back from Guatemala and things really started kind of the, the heat was really picking up on this thing. Yeah. And my wife and I were we were having this discussion because she was well, how do we plan for this? And I was like, this is our life. We, we've we've incorporated this into the way we, we live, so we already have enough food for our entire family plus my father and maybe a couple others for the next 60 to 90 days that's what the pantry is so now all all we did at that point was we just layered on the 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 foods that would spoil so we just got additional freezer and some other fresh foods because i told my wife i was like you don't want to be near a grocery store for at least the next three weeks to a month you don't even want to be you don't even want to have to yeah, go don't there. even yeah don't even like dude yeah. that is, that is a perfect example right like and and not like since we're kind of on the prepper subject but I, I love that ideology right where it's like can you go to the grocery store yeah of course and and we've actually um put in some really good procedures you know there i've seen here in texas there's a law enforcement officer at the front, you have to wipe down your cart, wash your hands when you enter the facility, and then when you leave the facility. And I'm like, okay, that's that's great, but like I can bypass that for weeks if yeah. I need to because I'm like, ooh, things are heating up. I, I don't have to. Also, it's, they've it's, modified it's, hours too. They've cut hours. Yeah, like Walmart's right. are closing at eight thirty. Other places are closing at six thirty to allow stalkers right. to because it, to restock. You have to think of it in necessity terms. Is it necessary that I go to the grocery store? No, but it's a convenience for me at this point, and that convenience is still an option, which is awesome. Because I'm like, I'll get fillets. I'll just cruise in with some hand sanitizer and make sure I'm good. Stay away from some people. Um, but if if things really escalate, then it's like you have that kind of contingency mess. Um, um, uh, whatever option. Yeah. And I, and I think that's just, we've, we've always, I think that's one thing out of the military and maybe the units we came out of, right. Where primary alternate contingency and emergency planning. I just have incorporated that into my life. I don't, it's, it's inherently built into me to not want my truck to be below a quarter of a tank of gas for yeah. me not to have, you know, additional layers of security, whether it's, you know, sidearm on me and then we'll, we'll have multiple locations in the house where we maintain firearms, you know, out of reach and safe from the kids, of course. Right. So responsible gun ownership, but nothing really changed. The only thing that changed in our lives was our kids were home. Right. In, in in our individual lives outside of the business. Yeah. But our kids were home more, which give me another present, to be honest with you. I want to spend more time with the kids either way. And we got them out of public school. I took the kids out of school at least a week earlier than the the probably a week and a half before public schools started saying, you know, no more public school because I told my wife, I was like, listen, I think this is where this is going. If it doesn't go that way. I'm awesome. still not going to do it. I'm still not going to send my kid to a school every yeah. day where 
she could possibly it's already a petri dish <laughs> it is yeah i mean I, I and i told her i was like listen and we had that conversation where it's like i always get sick because of two things because of people at work or the kids I went through several years, and I'm sure you guys were the same way, Matt. When we were contracting, I started looking at it. I never got sick. I never got sick unless right. it was food illness because I was eating with locals. Yeah, but I, I didn't get the flu. Losing. Yeah, I never got the flu or sick. Yeah. But that, I mean, Be- you look at general, epi- not even an epidemic, but like, let's just say the seasonal flu. I mean, we call like the shot show plague, right? It's because yeah. you have a group of 70,000 people that are consistently shaking hands, All touching one, their face, touching yeah. their eyes, and the disease and or bacterial it starts with like transmission. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and everybody gets the same thing. Did you get the shot show flu or whatever? It's because proximity and then uh, transferring of diseases. And I'm obviously not a medical Which, doctor, but these are basic parts. Yeah. This, this, was the, this was the first year I didn't get sick at shot show because I went there. I went through the right procedures. Same yeah. thing as you. All yeah. of us did. I was like, I shook hands, didn't yeah, touch we, it, pureled we, every single time. Yeah, and I was like, none I'm good. Of the three of Seriously. us stayed healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get a lot of sleep because that's one of the biggest problems that I've had at shot show is you stay out late, you're talking to people, you know, you're, I didn't drink. I I had like three drinks the entire time. And the only time I really had a drink drink at all. No, you and I kept away from the booze. We didn't have one drink. No, not at all. I mean, didn't you see the, uh, the BTS? Yeah. Yeah. There was like one. We did not stay up until three o'clock in the morning singing. And I missed my, definitely uh, didn't. I missed my production time. Probably. (laughs) You probably didn't do that. No, not at all. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just think it's interesting from a perspective of, you know, the, the national conversation now, it, I think at least, I mean, the, the progressive wing up progressive left, they're always going to want to take guns. They're always going to want socialism. They're always going to want these fucking weird ideologically, you know, I guess I I, ideologues are going to be pushing for things that are never going to work within our society. And it, it's never going to go away in our lifetime, at least, right? But the the conversations about gun ownership in America right now, if we we're just like to go back, my uh, I was talking to Neil Curry from Ready Gunner, and I don't know if the statistic is true or not, but he was telling me that he was reading somewhere in um, – and it might have been put out by the ATF – that there are more people applying for firearms – in the last three weeks than any other time in American history. New gun ownerships were up some insane amount of percentage, which tells me I think we have a much bigger lobbying group than we yes, did three weeks ago. I think you're absolutely right because that that's what uh, you know. I did read a couple articles yesterday about California specifically after the uh, – the um god i forget her position but she overturned was she the um attorney general overturned the cl- the sheriff's attempt to close la county gun shops uh and she deemed them uh essential businesses and it said the amount of people you know that that learned what the process is and i mean if if we're going to be fair steven crowder pointed this out almost a year and a half ago when he did his when he did some of his change my minds on a college campus and you know right. the first thing out of those kids' mouth well, well i think there should be a waiting period he's like there is that that right. is in place if you're a new gun owner was it that, that, 7 that or 10 happens. days in cali in california it's 10 days, 10 days. so it's like right. all these people learned how this process works and now that ignorance has has gone down a percentage but, of, right. and that, but that's the way you should take this as a, as, a, as a learning, right? Hopefully people come out on the other end and go, I get it. You know, and then if you're a first-time firearm 
owner, purchaser, you know, you got YouTube out there. Learn the mechanics of your firearm. Learn right. the proper stowage of it. Keep it out of reach, out of children. Make sure your wife and you know how to unload, load, put the safety on if there is, or understand the internal safety mechanisms within that firearm, right? That, that That's what we always try to preach here is, like, it's a great tool, but you have to understand the tool. Just like a drill bit. If you don't know how to use it, it's completely useless, right? So just as a firearm. Because that is, I mean, that is a fear, too, is... You know, my kids and Evan's kids are are very familiar with firearms because they've been in their lives since they were, you know, Day one. born. So they yeah. they they have a very high education of them. They have a very strict regime of I'm not to touch those things unless I'm standing right there allowing them to. But you have all these brand new gun owners though that are that are purchasing guns yeah. for the first time that have kids that have never been around firearms. Yeah. So that could be pretty scary. Yes, yeah, so if they're not taking education, the time education, to have education, education because that statistic could come back and you know you know they would use that against us. All these new gun buyers, yeah. but look at all these 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 incidents. Right. Well, what is the core root of that incident? Yeah, and that, and that's actually a really good content opportunity. I think for for a bunch of people, we should be. We should be embracing this and and putting out instructionals for first time gun owners Actually, because it's it's right. it's historically high. If we were just putting out some instructionals, that would be that would be a good civic duty for us just to kind of wrap our heads around and try to activate some influencers around it because that would be that would be. I mean, it would that be, would be a great. It would be really for us. Yeah, great. It would be a great series. It's just whether or not these platforms are going to allow it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like we well, know what we're trying to do, but, right? But do they? Right. And it's. I, I think as we like continue to see this unfold, which at least from my perspective, the things I was really worried about because. I heard all kinds of rumors and, you know, you get texts from guys that you knew and they're like, we're going to, they're going to shut down supply chain. And I was like, that's never going to happen, dude. You're, you can't mm-hmm. shut down semis from moving across the United States. That means people die. They have to get food. Mm-hmm. They have to get insulin. Like that's much, it's a much greater enemy than the virus itself. You can't just say, fuck it, we're going to shut the entire economy down. Yeah. There are portions of it that you have to shut down, which are built no, the re- on the, the spread of the virus. Yeah, well, it's the gatherings and the recreational, and that's what was the first to go. We, you know, all right. the major sports nuked, you know, all the major sports, the concert, you know, the music industry, and then the next to go was the bars. And now it's, you know, restaurants and coffee shops. I, you know, I, you know, not to... I guess kind of, I guess to plug, you know, one of the things that we're doing because we're still one of the businesses in America that can still manufacture and roast is we're doing a buy a bag, give a bag for uh, EMS medical workers. So we're trying to get, keep those people caffeinated and it's quite literally the least we can do for them at this point. You know, we've, we signed up for the responsibility to try to push this stuff in and uh, buy a bag, give a bag is what we're, we're calling the initiative. We do it every year, typically for military service members that are deployed. But now we're shifting the focus to uh, hospital staff, EMS, people that are going to need a lot of caffeine over the next few months. They're going to need a lot of caffeine. So, well, you know, knock that, on wood. That's, right? a, that's, we, a, that's, we that's another roasting. reason, Evan, because like, I think all of us have done a decent amount of research on this within reason. 
And it's like, it's not necessarily like I get kind of frustrated with people when they're like, oh, you're young and healthy, you're fine. But you have to look at the infection rate of, of who you're around, who you're touching, and the strain that it takes on kind of the infrastructure and the, the medical side of everything. Because well, most hospitals at this point, and I was on Fox and Friends this morning, and the, and the gentleman before me was a general, and he was talking about how most hospitals at this point are COVID-19 hospitals. Yeah. Right? All of their patients are actually, they're having no to do heart st- surgeries, no, no nothing. surgeries, and they're having to do stand to um, pretty much hospitals. So they're using stadiums. They're trying to get set up. They're trying to get hotels, motels that are vacant to allow them to put inpatient in these fucking places. And then not only the infection rate of a lot of these people, because you have doctors innovating people. And when you innovate somebody, you're having a lot of air and fluid come out and they're infecting the doctors and we're, we're getting doctors really sick. And then they can't be around patients, especially like geriatric patients, people with cardiovascular health, um, with um, health no, issues. No, all those and people... Like, so those are the third and fourth order effects. So, like, yeah. people have to take this seriously because it's not just like, oh, I got I got a little worse flu and no, I'm fine. No, that was that shit it's, in Panama City, all those mm-hmm. spring breakers. Oh, well, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, they go like, home, infect their parents, like, and they go oh and infect God. the doctor. It's like, guys, you got to be fucking smart about this, you know? Because I look at that. I, I had someone kind of close to me who was like, oh, you're a pussy, Matt? You're afraid to get a, the flu? And I'm like, my dad has lung issues. He's 77 years old. If I get my dad sick, statistically speaking, in his health and age range has a like 15% chance 62 of is the dying. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm, fuck you, man. Fuck you. I want my father here and spend as much quality time with him as I can. And, and I really think people have to take that serious. And moreover, like yeah. when we did that song, and actually, Evan, you, you were the one who kind of um, brought this point up and I looked into it. You know, whatever you think about the Red Cross, but they have a massive blood shortage. So you have people that need dialysis. They can't get blood. So you're going to have these people that are not even dying from the virus, but dying from the lack of care of of care. And and like, that's something that we really have to understand and really take this serious. When people are like, oh, fuck the quarantine. Fuck this. I'm young. You're like, yeah, but your participation in unhealthy behavior will carry on not just to you, but to other people that you'll never know that you impacted and possibly change their lives or their family lives for the utmost tragedy. Hey, absolutely. And I think, all of us have had some of that feedback. I had it even from inside the company. When when we first came back, um, I came into the office the next day and I was like, all right, everybody, we're, we're, we're planning now to essentially push all of our non-essential, when we say non-essentially located personnel, nobody that's, that's doing manufacturing or roasting for us, we're going to send those people to work from home. And I had some pushback internally you know people were like are you serious this is the flu and i was like yes uh, i'm absolutely yeah. <laughs> dead fucking serious because even you if guys it is are going flu. to go home yeah if we can work from home why are we not working from home i had to come into the office every day for the first week and tell people to go home and they didn't think i was they didn't think i was taking it as serious as i was taking it and i had to push that out daily in in stand-ups and on VTCs that you guys have seen it, but you know, just to solidify the point, like I'm taking this very serious. The other thing is is I can't get sick and my wife can't get sick at the same time either. Because if we go down and we go down hard, we have a three year old 
and a six-year-old at home that rely on us to be fed and clothed and you know we can't get bedridden sick we have two children well, put, in our put home. that in perspective <laughs> like we can't Evan, like it's the, fucking crazy in the perspective of let's say there there is no mortality rate on this and it just gets you right. really sick for two weeks even that if if nobody dies from it the influx and the and the fucking strain on the medical system will kill people because right. of 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 all of this. So even taking the mortality rate out of it, the attitude of of being like, oh, I'm fine. Look, yeah, like, <laughs> you're still like, fucking everybody. Well, that's my thing because I've had people re- you know reach out and be all the, the the tin hat wearers and saying yada yada yada. And I'm like, at the end of the day, just don't divest yourself from the severity of this. Go home, binge watch some Netflix. We have the internet. Do some air squats. You know, watch some YouTube right. tutorials. And how to be do Photoshop. thankful that like, we got hit with one that wasn't a seventy percent mortality a. rate. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like a black. Yes. Plague. So it's like okay, we had we're having a good test run. Like, yeah, <laughs> not, it, yeah. And, and and you know it is a test within reason, right? Yeah. And then that, but that it's still serious, man. Like a lot of people are passing. I, I think I didn't. Have you looked at the statistics today? I think twenty six thousand people around there as of today, when I looked, have died globally. Um, that, wow. That's that's a pretty big number, guys. So, um, and 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 that's the thing. It requires such small effort from the majority of us to. Right. You know, sit home and, and granted a lot of us are a little uh, you know we, we have different houses with a studio and things like that and I've been rubbing my home gym in everybody's face uh, as a joke but you know you <laughs> might have just a small condo a small apartment I know it's rough and your way of life and lifestyle has changed but that's part of life sometimes you got to sacrifice things to have a better outcome um, post all of I mean this. how long did the yeah. three of us live in a connex yeah. <laughs> I, you know I was I was telling my wife uh, where I was talking to her about this the other day the same the same thing, which is, you know, if we look back at in, in, in history and we, let's just go to Germany in the 1930s. Right. So if you had a, if you had a Jewish heritage and I don't want to frame it exactly like, you know, Nazi and Jews, but think about it in like worst case scenario. And that's what I was kind of framing it to her is like, you had families that, you know, their doors were kicked in. They were torn out of their homes. They're, they watched their kids leave their arms for the last time as they were put on trains to be gassed. That is a fucking horrific reality and thought. All we have to do is go home for a couple weeks and binge watch fucking Netflix. And like you said, <laughs> yeah. weird you documentaries about your, tigers. Yes, right? yeah. <laughs> and, and, right? like, and you're bitching it, because your Coachella tickets are worthless now. Well, that was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know. And, and, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't give a flying fuck. It's like um, Jared had showed me while we were writing the quarantine song with Tim because we want to make a fun awareness piece and entertain people. Like the, the some of the celebrities and, and some of them are actually huge fans of, but like you know singing the John Lennon song and I'm just like, dude, and they're complaining most of them about having to be in quarantine and how this is such a struggle and I'm like, you're in your million dollar home, shut the <laughs> right fuck up, use your fucking platform for something better than to be self infatuating and bitch, you fucking pussy bitch, like it, it just like it grosses me out. Like use your platform to be like, hey. I'm following socially social distancing. This is what I'm doing. I hope you guys follow in stride. Let's all come together. Hey, they one. arrested that kid, I believe in Tennessee yeah. that was rolling around licking everything and charged yeah. him with terrorism, which is yeah. absolutely a hundred percent what should happen. Like that absolutely. motherfucker yeah, should, should spend five years in prison minimum. Like 
This is how dumb you are. This is how dumb you have let social media. You you want you some sort funny. of yeah. You yeah. want a view count, and you're going to go around and, and and again, it's like yes, we need to eradicate ourselves of people like that. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the conversation that we should be having right now. Is like okay, so how do we make sure that dumb people don't cause more problems for us and <laughs> you know how do we how do we just the make, anti-dumb you know, legislation but that's the yeah. thing you know i and i'll post this link into the video because i i push this out to um our, our business partner sent out a video the other day uh yeah. steven yeah. and it's it's really it's it's very informative it's from um a doctor in new york that's on the ventilator floor. So he's the guy that's deciding basically who gets a ventilator and who doesn't. Arguably, he's probably one of the only like real subject matter experts in the United States that has firsthand experience with, with COVID-19. He put out a very informative video. You really only have to watch about the first half hour of it to, mm-hmm. to get what's going on. But to summarize, he's saying, Carry a bottle of hand sanitizer everywhere you go. Don't anytime you touch something, sanitize sanitize your hands. So, flip on a light switch, open a door, flush a toilet, shake a hand, but don't shake a hand, obviously. But uh, and he's saying your chances of getting this if you practice social distancing and if you're you're just a, 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 a hand washing less and sanitization, less than one percent of yeah. getting it. Because it's spreading from your hand to your face. Well, and, so, that was, and that's a good point in there too, Evan. He was actually saying a good outcome based off of the research is it's not as airborne as they thought. He was like, right. if you got sneezed on in your mouth, yes, because yeah. fluid can carry it. Yeah, but you could just put a bandana on and, and, and well, it's just to keep you from touching your face. Yeah, pretty much the, right. the, the face masks are not it, – it's just like in, in – well, it depends on the masks, right, And you're, if you're right. misusing them. And that's something – I mean, we'll post the link, guys, because you should definitely listen to it because it's talking about how, you know, if you're wearing a face mask, that's actually not saving you unless you have the proper one, but freaking medical facilities need the proper one, so, you know, don't use them. But the face mask, if you wear it, would actually be an inhibitor for you to transmit the disease to you yourself right. it's not you giving it to really other people so it, it, it's it's an interesting thing having something you saying having something on your face keeps you from touching your face as much right and did you watch the bill gates um uh i think it was a ted talk four years ago evan no i didn't i'll send you the link after this it's super interesting because he was talking about uh nuclear warfare and he's like this is what people think the end of the world looks like and he goes this is what it really looks like and it was four years ago, and it was kind of covering the H1N1 virus as far right. as and some of the other um, viral infections and how a lot of these have been, by the time a subject is actually contagious to other people, they're bedridden. And he was like, right. the problem is, is if we run into a virus that is airborne and you're not getting symptoms three to five days, these proponents right. that are traveling can actually go out and infect people on trains and airplanes and all the things that we interact in a large social group with people. And he pretty much called exactly what's happening and how, you know, globally the infrastructure to support something like this is we do not invest the, the time, the money into it. And I think this is uh, a good depiction of that and the strain. And and, and I'll, I'll end that with, I, I truly am not saying this just to say it, but the fucking healthcare workers out there, man, how, how much these nurses are going through and the doctors, it is fucking crazy especially in the high contagious um cities right now like new york 
dude it gives me fucking chills what they're doing and like shout out to you guys if we can help at black rifle let us know that's why we're doing the coffee stuff we can only do so much obviously but holy shit it yeah are we taking certain hospital submissions for the buying bag giving bag Yes. Okay. Yeah, we are. We're actually, so we're, we're not only going through organizations like uh, the USO, the Red Cross, we're actually donating directly to, um, clinic clinics and, and hospitals that are just like, here's coffee. <laughs> Fucking go for it. A lot of these people are pulling 20 hour days, getting three, four hours sustained, of sleep, sustained, like no break. And it's only going to get worse. And well, so, well, and they, and the other thing that they're doing, Matt is, is they're actually, uh, quarantining hospital staff and they're, yep. they're making them stay in the hospitals and live in the hospitals. Yep. Yep. So, which is fucking crazy when you think about it, like you can't go home to your family. You are going to live here in the hospital because we don't know if you're actually, right. uh, we don't know if you can spread it and if you're contagious. So mm-hmm. now you live here, you live at the hospital now. Well, these people are sleeping in bunk beds. They're sleeping in bunk beds in the hospital. They're, they're, you know, showering and, you know, the, the, the co-ed showers in some locations. Like it's, and not like that's a huge issue, but I'm just saying like the amount but then they're of work, the work that they're, in. It's, it's, yeah. it's fucking insane. And we got nothing but love for you guys. Like I'm serious. Like my, my want in this show is, is to, for people to do a little extra research, not go off right. of social media, like look at some of the actual doctor testimonials and what they're advocating for and the practices that they need from general society like us that aren't medical professionals. Like listen, just listen, just listen. And you'll be like, Oh fuck, I'll pay attention now because these are doctors that are fighting. Before spreading misinformation, dive into things that you're reading. You know, there's, there's, there's literally like three subject matter experts that I can think of that you should be listening to right now. You should be thinking about a communicable disease specialist. You should be listening to them for sure. Right. You should be listening to physicians, people that, have a great understanding and how this is working and not only how it's spreading, but how it's affecting the individual. You should also be listening to economists. So people that are talking about the post effects of the economy, what's going to happen and the second and third order effects. So we have to listen to the people that are in the healthcare system. We have to listen to the economists, but those are the people you should be listening to. You should not be listening to a influencer or any of us, (laughs) right? You know, I mean, unless we're saying like, Hey, do what you can to help, but the three well, well, all we can people do that I'm gu- looking gu- at guide people to the 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 the, the, the actual information. Where right? the data, yeah, is. and that's my exactly. ask for like influencers and right. stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, what am I? I'm a, I'm an internet satirist that makes fucking shitty country music and rap songs and and, and I, videos. I think they're pretty good. I think they're really good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. But like, but, all we can do is spread awareness to point people back in the correct information that educates people from a doctorate perspective that understand right. the disease on a holistic level, and they provide us the information. Like, I'm merely regurgitating information from you right. know, subject matter experts that as well as I can, and I'm a fucking idiot. So that, that's all I can do, right? That's that's all of us. That's all any of us can do. But I think if the things that frustrate me in this is. The conspiracies, right? The the fucking conspiracies are you, they, they need they need to fucking dial it the fuck down, man. Like, come on, guys. Like, we're in a national emergency. It's the same thing, I guess, because we had the nine eleven conspiracies. The it was an inside job. It was done by the Jews. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Right? Like these guys all climb out of the fucking woodwork with their dumbass bullshit every time something like this happens. However, when I put the butt in here. Now, 
you can't believe a fucking thing that the Chinese or the Iranians say. So any conspiracy associated Dude, did with you, those wait, two countries, just to make this more like fuck hard, them. Did you did you see? Uh, it was like five days ago. I looked up the statistical data of deaths in China, and they're like, one person died of COVID nineteen yesterday, yeah, and I was like, like, shut the fuck oh, up, get the fucking fuck lying asshole. Was like. And that's another thing. When you look at the the epidemic, pandemic, however you classify it, is like we are the world leader in technology and infrastructure and reporting and reporting. <laughs> and like you're going to believe what Iran reports as far as COVID-19. They don't fucking know. And not nor do they have the medical infrastructure for people that are passing away in whatever village to go. That was a COVID-19 case. So it's just like take that shit seriously, man. Listen to the doctors base your your habitual movement and your lifestyle off of what they're advocating for us to do because it will save lives not only from the virus but again to to be super redundant the third and fourth order effects of what this disease does to the infrastructure in america because there's a lot of people right now that cannot get treatment and we're talking people with Think about this. Someone that just ripped their knee in half in ortho. They cannot get that surgery no. right now. So nope. that's impacting them. So they're going to sit and they're going to have healing, calcification, bed, yeah. and all these things that are going to happen to them physiologically that, that will be lifelong a part of them because yeah. of this disease and the influx of inpatient care. So, like take that shit seriously man like it's not that hard to stay at home in your condo and get on the internet list, play some video games shit man i don't know just just do you think they make a cool. movie about this yeah for sure oh yeah michael ben? for sure some like, hipster will do it and blame like, it on trump for sure <laughs> oh yeah like they'll call him a racist for calling it a zeros, chinese disease right. <laughs> i gotta give man i trump's trump's been i you know i hate I, i'm not a political guy but man like they the, the administration to me is doing a good job man i, I hate that like at least until about five days ago, reporters and news networks were politicizing this, and you're just like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, you can't. And can even, we just rally yeah, like yeah. unilaterally as a society? And the whole world is working the right together thing. right now. Yeah, and just you guys together, are still bro. bitching. When about- we get back okay. to like perfect fucking mundane society, you can talk about your fucking microaggressions. Right fucking now is not the goddamn time, dude. Shut the fuck up and do the right thing. Yeah, now's not the time. He just put out a bunch of information regarding a, a pandemic, and you're going to split hairs on whether or not he called it the the Wuhan flu or whatever the fuck well, he said. Like, I love how hey, they- why, don't, why don't you talk about the information that he put out <laughs> yeah. less about the way that he's describing the flu? How about we talk about you know wh- what the economic impacts of the United States are going to be? But no, they want to make it about race. They no, no, make no. It My about, favorite like, taking Evan down the orange man is how many of them cite the uh, I don't I forget get what the acronym the world it's a three-letter acronym that that authorizes how you name as disease or whatever now all of a sudden all of them right. n- know you know they're the experts on how you're supposed to name a disease they're, this is not what was put out by the world fucking disease organization on how you name a disease like like you fucking know what well, it's, it, 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 it's always built on the region it's been like that it, it's sars was like south asia respiratory sickness or something like that like it was built on the region and Spanish flu, like, oh my gosh. And now all of a sudden we're racist because we're saying it's from China. It oh, but let me turn the page into the next the next piece of the conversation for a few minutes, which is <laughs> please, please, by the, the grace of God, 
can this country wake the fuck up and embrace American manufacturing and American yeah. jobs after this? Because if anything, we could go back to the, the president's inauguration speech in 2016 when he talked about, I'm going to make America great again. I'm going to bring back American manufacturing. It, I, as amazing. you guys know, like I didn't think Trump was going to win. But I'll tell you what, those words are resonating with me over and over and over every day, which is we have to turn this stimulus into an investment into America's security because, oh, by the way, China was manufacturing over 90% of the components for our drugs. They can they, they, they could extort us over this whole fucking thing basically and say they're going to withhold our drugs that we need to survive and combat viruses and diseases because they're manufacturing our drugs. I just have one fucking really big wish in this past the health of individuals hoping that we'll, we move through this. It's embrace American manufacturing. Please stop outsourcing America's security. It's a national security risk when you rely so heavy on the Chinese. And oh, by the way, we're also borrowing money from the Chinese for the stimulus package. So the fucking guys that didn't lock this thing down, didn't didn't fucking lock it down within their own country that manufacture 90 plus percent of our drugs, we're also going to be loaning against them. Holy shit, talk about leverage, talk about a strategic a lack of strategic foresight in this United States for our Congress, our Senate, our political officials, every executive fucking office going back to Reagan. Fuck you. Because what you did was you just gave away American manufacturing because you were trying to line the, line the pockets of corporate interests in order to boom the stock market versus maintaining the line of national security, national American-made products. Now I hope what, what happens now is I hope people finally fucking wake up and say, we can never leverage our ability to manufacture things that are life-saving to the United States to a, a let alone somebody that we enemy. would consider a yeah. fucking enemy like <laughs> this is insane so yeah. i'm looking at him like who in the fuck was driving this train <laughs> like where where were we were we all just like sleeping and like yes yeah, it, it reminds me sleep at the wheel in euphoria man the health and welfare yeah. of the american public should always come first as u.s citizen but but you know as well as i do there's a certain portion of the united states that says that we're racist for believing in that, right? They're like, <laughs> you're racist. It's like, what? Because then why are you here? Yeah, but we then why are you here? But we put the most in the global aid, so I don't understand. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we should tell a dick joke and you know make this little... I don't know. I, I, they got what they wanted. They wanted an Evan rant. They got an Evan rant. I think that's a perfect note to end on. <laughs> All I can say is, guys, stay safe, right? Uh you know, do your best to, to practice your social distancing. Keep your hands clean. I'm going to post the video in uh, link below for the episode for the that's a Vimeo link. So uh, pay attention to that. If you can support the buy bag, give a bag campaign. It's a big issue for us. Uh, you know, let's uh, yeah. let's keep up the good fight. And this means a lot to us, guys. To be honest with you, it's why we're so passionate about it. To be honest with you, like my brother's a nurse. My his girlfriend's a nurse. One of my brothers is a firefighter. My dad's elderly. Like this impacts my family drastically, and it's why I'm so freaking spun up about it. Because like there, are, there, close. there are so many fucking basic measures we can take as a society to slow the fucking up curve of this virus that require not a lot of effort from us. You know, like staying right. home, being a little more smart. 
and just like having it in the back of your head. And yes, like, are you, are you under 29 and your mortality rate is like zero pretty much got it. But think about what your implications and your actions will do to spread that across the United States and the weight of uh, on the healthcare system that, that, that takes like, just fucking be smart guys. That, that's like all I ask, right. be smart, educate yourself. You know, I, I'm a dumb motherfucker myself, but like, I'm trying to learn about this and be really smart myself. So that, that, that's my ask, please. Um, because there are some people working their fucking asses off right now and going to work every day going, I'm going to get the coronavirus today and I might spread that to my family. Like, just just, just be smart about it, please. Just please. hang out, drink a beer. Yeah, drink a beer, you know? All right. Go to the gas station, hand sanitizer in, grab a fucking 36-pack, go back to your house, hand sanitizer up, drink those beers, and have some fun, put it in the wife's right. booty, I don't know, or, or your boyfriend's booty, whatever you do, do you, you know, yeah. it don't matter, it's 2020, you live your life, I like it. Make sure you subscribe to the Free Range American Podcast and all the podcast yep. applications. Get in there and rate us, please, and give us a comment uh, in the reviews. And also, go check out our YouTube channel because all of these are video now as well. That you can watch on your Apple TV well, if you Except for Evan, I have a bone to pick with Jared because he put me on the little guy's chair so he looks bigger than me. I'm like, oh, I'm, shit. I'm on this little tiny chair. I'm uh, looking at myself in the monitor. That I is, just look like this little skinny guy. That's not a bone. That is, I. I had bought two different chairs testing which one we needed, and then a virus outbreak happened, and I can't go buy another chair. Okay. Okay. Blame it on the virus. Okay. Listen, you I racist. Can slum. You racist. Look, now I'm the same size. <laughs> and then, All right. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Hurry up, uh, hurry up and get we'll to Texas. Be... You know, we got a hard point here. And, and lastly, exactly. Tim Kennedy did text me, and this is a serious subject. He said if it goes really south, he claims everything to San Marcos, and we get up into San Marcos. So he's already he's already building where he's going to be the, the leader of. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, don't fuck with San Marcos and North. It's my territory. Uh, I was like, what? <laughs> what? Well, then you and I are taking Bernie yeah, and we got, Bergheim. Yeah, and Evan will be here. Yeah. And then in uh, the I'm, I'm, head, I'm headed south, fellas. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to team up with the cartels, and we're going to... <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna build something much different down there. <laughs> Coffee extraordinaire. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll see you guys in a week. Take All care. Right.